SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Very disappointing in baseball. Very, very disappointing. As the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks had their 17-game losing streak come to an end. Thank you for nothing, Milwaukee Brewers. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Thursday, June 24th. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat, perhaps right here on an Opposite Picks Thursday. Well, NBA Eastern Conference Finals is underway. NHL semifinals continue. Uh, Padres going through the sweep of the Dodgers. Pitching matchup of the year. Houston owns the Orioles. Celtics get their man. Uh, what game is Manfred watching? What game are these guys refing? Four-letter network. Oops. And uh, Alex, if you can't stand the heat, Get out of the kitchen. We'll get to all those stories. Push your phone calls, emails, and tweets again right here on a Thursday, June 24th. What's up, LLs, loyal listeners? How you doing on this uh, Thursday? Hopefully your morning is off to a rip-roaring start. Uh, mine uh, started uh, several hours ago as my toothache continues. Went to the dentist yesterday. That didn't help at all. Just uh, exasperated the situation. Oh, I'm, I'm in pain right now. ODing on uh, uh, Motrin and Excedrin and uh, yeah, any kind of over-the-counter pill you got it it's no longer over the counter it's in my stomach so uh dealing with the pain but we're gonna tough it through we're a hockey player uh we have hockey last night overtime another overtime game and we had a like a uh, a great streak obviously to start the, the playoffs and then it kind of you know went away and then it's uh, picked up back again over this last week with overtime games islanders beating tampa bay three two as they extend the series, there will be a Game 7. Baskets last night, you got the Hawks over the Milwaukee Bucks. How about that? Not only covering the monster eight-point spread, uh, they also win the game outright 116-113. Game goes over. So they take Game 1 of their series against the Knicks. They take Game 1 of their series against the 76ers. And they take Game 1 of their series against the Milwaukee Bucks. How about that? And this Atlanta Hawks team coming not necessarily out of nowhere because they had the best record in the Eastern Conference once they fired their head coach, but um, still not that many people outside of a couple of betters that we brought up and thought the Hawks were worth anything come postseason-wise. It was going to be Milwaukee. It was going to be Philadelphia. It was going to be Brooklyn. And lo and behold, it is the Atlanta Hawks up one zip against Milwaukee. Now, the series is far from over, but if they do win this series – 
I don't think they would have matched up against a healthy Brooklyn Nets team. I don't think anybody, honestly, would have. We talked about that. But, it, you know, it would be curious to have seen it. This team is hot. I mean, it is unbelievable what they're doing. Chris or, uh, Trey Young, 48 points last night. Career-high 48, despite throwing up a couple of stupid 30-foot bombs uh, in, in the final three, four minutes of that game. I mean, they ended up winning. But I got to tell you, if they would have lost that game, I know he was you know, going off, but he threw up some shots that were just dumb, j- j- just absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? Ultimately, the Hawks do win by three, and uh, they take a one nothing series lead just getting underway. Hour number one of our two-hour extravaganza, uh, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. So we'll get into that. Uh, we got good news for Suns fans, uh, although I do think the Clippers are going to win tonight. The Islanders, as I mentioned, good news for their fans as they live for another day. Full slate of baseball last night, including, uh, you know, maybe the pitching matchup of the year. Not necessarily the two best pitchers, uh, one good, one name. Uh, but you had uh, Otani uh, last night uh, going for the Angels and uh, Gossman going for San Francisco. Turned into a wild game. You had a crazy game, Washington and Philadelphia, with the Nationals win 13-12. to First time, supposedly, in Major League Baseball history. And we've had a lot of those this year. It's amazing. But supposedly, four-letter network was saying the first time that both have hit slams and three home runs in the same game as the Nationals did. Uh, Bell and McCutcheon with the Grams, they had three-run home runs later on as well. Not those two particular guys, but the teams did. And uh, Washington wins 13-12 to in a nine-inning game, no less. Uh, Stanky's rally late, uh, crazy game with the uh, Royals. So tough if you had the under in that uh, game because they combined for seven runs over the last two innings. And the, the Stanky's win at 6-5. to Tampa Bay beat our Red Sox at 8-2. to Not good there. And uh, Houston kept Baltimore real at 13-zip. Uh, so we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, we got our trends uh, coming up, our baseball trends. We'll see how well they did. Celtics uh, have their man. Uh, and I emphasize man because uh, uh, former Spurs, if I told you Spurs assistant coach got the job, uh, you might think, okay, you know, uh, maybe it was the female head coach that was going for the job. Uh, and uh, that was not the case, or at least it doesn't appear to be the case anyway. Four-letter network and a dookie pukey. We got a daily double with a double oops we'll get into as well. And then we got our opposite picks, which we'll check out. How did we do yesterday? Uh, not too shabby. We got the slate of five for later on today. Uh, but we had a couple of winners early and a couple of losers late. And in the end, basically, we broke even with our opposite picks, which is uh, actually not the, the worst thing in the world. So busy Thursday as always. We'll take a break. We'll get things started with a little MBA last night. As, yeah, the Hawks do it again they go into Milwaukee and they stun the Bucks. First home loss for Milwaukee this postseason, 116-113. We'll talk about it next right here. Opposite picks on a Thursday morning. Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Young challenging Giannis, spins out, rebound Capella, and scores! Clint Capella with 
the bucket and the Bucks call for time. They will inbound. On the hop to Middleton, drives baseline, pops it out. Here's Connerton for three. It's an air ball. An absolute superstar. You can put super in front of his name now. It's both again and now. Gets to Middleton. He has a three-point shot. It is off. Rebound is back to Taken by Young, who fires to the crowd. And the Atlanta Hawks have come up with an upset. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. At TNT last night with the call as the Atlanta Hawks do win at 116-113. And, and again, it wasn't a fluke win. You know, not that they necessarily have fluke wins at this point. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. You know, in that it wasn't a Bucks double-digit lead, took their foot off the pedal, you know, Philadelphia 76er type of blow a 16-point lead or blow a 25-point lead uh, like they did in those two back-to-back games. I told you yesterday, um, you know, the the fan, the average fan blamed the 76ers more than they credited the Atlanta Hawks for those two wins. You know, when you go over that series, you don't say, well, Atlanta won game one, and then they uh, rallied to win games three, and then they rallied to win game four, and then they rallied to win this game and that game or whatever games it was. It was always, well, Philadelphia blew this game and Philadelphia blew that game and Philadelphia blew that game, and they really should have won. You know, Atlanta was able to sneak through, but it really was Philadelphia's fault, not Atlanta's credit. And that led into the thinking for the Hawks being an eight-point dog uh, yesterday, which really they shouldn't have been that big an underdog. They they really shouldn't. Yeah, I ended up flipping on that. We, We had Milwaukee at seven. Um, but later on in the day, it was like, you know what? There's just no respect for this Atlanta Hawks team whatsoever. Just, just none. I mean, it's amazing. So, but yesterday they, they were leading most of the way. Uh, you know, it, it was, I don't know if it's the Bucks are underestimating them. You know how I feel about Milwaukee. I don't think they're very good. I really don't. I've never been in their, their backyard. So I, I just don't like their team. I don't think it's that good. Um, you know, that said, they got 34 out of the Greek freak who's really not Greek and 33 out of holiday. So you would have signed up for both those numbers, but Middleton, uh, only 15 points on six of 23 shooting. And, uh, you know, Atlanta was down early, uh, you know, by a couple of points, no big deal. They took an early lead in the third, uh, stretched it out a little bit and took a, a small little lead into the fourth quarter. And then they were, you know, leading most of the way, if not the entire fourth quarter, uh, you know, Bucks not far behind, but again, it wasn't one of those where Milwaukee, took their foot off the pedal, and they left that game saying, man, we should have killed them. We're up double digits. No, I I, I think this Atlanta Hawks team is, is just as good as Milwaukee. I can't believe the Atlanta Hawks may end up going to the NBA Finals for the first time, and uh, first time ever for Atlanta and to go back to their St. Louis days. I mean, if Trey Young goes off like he did yesterday, then you know what? Although this is one of those games that if the Bucs win in five or six, you give Atlanta credit for winning because you say why. Well, you know, Trey Young's going to go off one game for 48, 50 points, 40 points. He's going to carry them to the win. And that's basically what he did last night. Although, I tell you, John Collins has turned into a real, you know, he, he's a halfway decent second option for Atlanta. But Young goes for 48 on 17 of 34 shooting, despite, like I said earlier, some ridiculous shots. Now, he hit a couple of three-pointers, but sometimes that's your worst poison. You know, having a little bit of success, uh, and he did a little shimmy on one of the shots before he even shot it. 
you know, kind of snubbing his nose at the Milwaukee Bucks. He was four of 13 from three. You know, I suppose you could live with that, but some of the threes he was taking in the fourth quarter, no less, with three and four and five minutes left, game on the line. He's throwing up these 30 foot bombs. Even Reggie Miller, who's, you know, He's pretty fair in his criticism. I won't say he won't criticize guys, but even he said, like, you know, come on, you got to stop this. I mean, it's a one, two, three possession game, and you're letting the clock uh, run down to nothing on the shot clock, and then you're throwing up this literally 30 foot bomb, which most of them did not even come close to going in. I mean, they were just he's. So, but he ends up, it's tough to criticize the guy with 48 points. Um, but he did, uh, and, and uh, they, he, they were able to survive that. 17 of 34 shooting overall. Played all but one, uh, 41 minutes, so uh, all but seven minutes of the game. So they basically played the whole way. And uh, he puts 48 in. Collins puts 23 in. And uh, Herter put in 13. And uh, Capella put in 12. That was it. You know, that was base. Yeah, Gallinari had nine, but it was it was uh, you know either uh, uh, Young or or Collins. And and if you're a Milwaukee fan, like I said, you got numbers out of the Greek freak. You got numbers out of Holiday, who had a terrific game, thirty three points. But unless you get that third person, they're not going to win. And oddly enough, I don't know what the deal was, but Brooke Lopez, who I thought had a pretty good series against the Nets, only played twenty minutes last night. Final possession, down three, and he's not in the game. Pat Cunnington, uh, the former Notre Damer, played 29 minutes. I don't know if he got hurt. I'm flipping back and forth with the uh, the Islander game and this game, so I, I don't know. I, I did watch the end there, obviously, and uh, they made a notice saying that he wasn't on the court, but they didn't follow that up with, uh, you know, oh, by the way, he got hurt earlier. So I don't know why. He would play only 20 minutes, and, and Connaughton, who's, you know, awful, uh, would play 29, and he ended up throwing up an air ball, a ridiculous, you know, and as an Irish fan, this one's tough to accept, a ridiculous, I mean, just wide open, nobody was near him, three-point air ball in the final seconds. He ended up with four points, but I don't understand why he played 29 minutes and uh, Lopez only played 20 Hey, Lopez had seven points, three of seven shooting. Uh, someone's going to have to explain that one to me, especially down three when this guy can hit a three. You know, his minutes, uh, he did play 32 against the Nets in one game, but 20, 14, 13, 22, 22, 23, you know, in that low 20 range, and he got 29 last night. Very weird. Uh, and it's not like he was shooting great one of six you know, gets the four points with a couple of free throws. So I, I don't, uh, and it's, it's he only has had double digits one time uh, in this postseason. So again, it's it's not like, uh, check that twice. Uh, in game two in a blowout when he played uh, a lot against uh, Miami. So that, that was, I, I thought that was a little weird. Um, for Lopez, let me check his minutes because he does play, I know, more than 20 minutes a game. Um, you know, and it's not like uh, the Hawks have a great, great center that uh, he wouldn't be able to play. Yeah, he, you know, normally he would play 46 against the Nets. He played 28, 26, 35, 33, 36, 30, 46, and now he's playing 20. Hmm. Against the Nets, you know, he put up in a 19, he had put up 15, he put up 19 again, he put up 10. Uh, that, that was a little uh, little weird. I don't know if that's going to change or something to look for, but if you play props or whatever, 
Um, I certainly wouldn't be playing over props on Brooke Lopez at this point. So 116-113, Atlanta wins. Very interesting. They had two shots to tie the game. Uh, the Connaughton miss, um, and then uh, Middleton, the Chris Middleton missed a three-pointer basically at the buzzer. Pretty decent look off an inbounds pass. Uh, the, the Bucks did a decent job of getting him a, a look, but uh, no good, almost an air ball, and, uh, and Atlanta wins. So I don't know. I got to look this up. I, I did hear a stat like they were one of two teams, I believe it was, to make a conference final without having an all-star on the team. Believe it or not, Trey Young didn't make the all-star team this year. I don't know if a team has ever made the NBA finals without an all-star from that year on the team. Now, you want to tell me Trey Young's an all-star? I, absolutely. But I'm, I'm just talking about specifically making the all-star team that particular year. And I, I don't know if... Um, you know, I, I don't know the other, like I said, I, I thought I heard a stat saying that they were the second team to ever reach an Eastern Conference Finals without having an all-star on the team. I don't know what that other team was, but they could be the, I, I would venture to guess there's not an NBA team to reach the finals without having an all-star on their roster, you know, for that particular year. They may do it. Ride that karma. It's amazing. All right, uh, 844-843-6879. We continue along with baseball next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Work. Here's Letty, wrestling the puck around. Luna kept it away from Bavillier. Now Bailey over for the Islanders. Now off a giveaway, score! Anthony Bavillier sends the Islanders down to Tampa for Game Seven on Friday night. see sports there. Marv Albert doing the NBA and uh, Son Kenny doing the NHL. Although the feed I had was not Kenny Albert's. Well, I guess they had a couple of different feeds. Uh, but uh, how, how cool is that for the uh, for the Albert family? Uh, but anyway, for the bigger picture, the Islanders do win on that goal in overtime 3-2. They won the battle and uh, they uh, may have won the war as well thanks to a dirty play. What else is new? But no foul called. What else is new in the NHL? Islanders win it 3-2 in in overtime, about a minute in, they trailed two nothing for a couple of minutes uh, in the third or second period. They scored with about five minutes left in the second to cut it to two to one. Then they up scoring uh, about eight and a half minutes left uh, to tie the game at two. That's where they go to overtime. And then, uh, like I said, about a minute or so in uh, the 
Devil Dogs juniors there gave up the puck in their own end. There's four Tampa Bay players and one Islander player, and somehow or another they gave up the they gave up the puck right in front of uh, their net, and bing, bang, boom, there you go. Uh, Beauvillier scores, and that's 3-2, and the Outers win, and we go to a game seven tomorrow night uh, in Tampa. Uh, the Lightning had scored 12 straight goals before the Islanders cut that lead to 2-1. to one. Braden Point did get a goal. His ninth straight game, well, he has had just a phenomenal uh, playoff this year. Second longest playoff streak ever. Nine straight games with the playoffs. But here's the thing for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. As they lose the battle and the war, and as I mentioned, the Outers win the battle and the war, and that the Outers obviously win the game, so they survive. But uh, they also knocked uh, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Tampa Bay's best player probably, out of the game with a cross-check right in front of the official, gets whacked in the back along the boards by Scott Mayfield, who ended up scoring the game-tying goal. No penalty. No penalty whatsoever. Hockey is so goofy. You know, I think football, uh, you know, penalties are, are weird when you call them, why you call them, how you call them. But no sport is worse than the NHL. No, none is more inconsistent. I don't think these guys know what they're doing. I don't know what they're watching. You know, the guy's got the puck. I don't know why they wouldn't be watching that. Yeah, you Just like offensive holding, you could call the penalty on every single play. I get that. But when you see the guy go down, there's not that much, you know, NFL or the uh, NHL is not like soccer. Right? We, they don't have wimps playing the sport. You know, you don't have guys embellishing injuries for the most part. Uh, you know, they're in there. They're doing the scrums and the hand in the face and everything like that. Every once in a while, you see a guy go down. You find out he's really not injured. But for the most part, a guy goes down to the ice. And that's because he's really hurt. So down went Kucherov. He gets a cross check right in the back. Should be a penalty. No penalty. Um, not that the guy would have gotten kicked out of the game, mind you, but no penalty whatsoever. And, uh, now, and he didn't return. And that was in the first period early on. And now they're, they're wondering if he's going to be able to play in a game seven. I'm guessing he will, but you know, if a guy misses a, you know, an elimination game, like he did last night, I don't know how much better he's going to be, you know, two days later, perhaps put some pad on it, the Work that magical sports, uh, you know, call up Alex Rodriguez and get some magical sports injections, and maybe he'll be back on there. I'm guessing he will, but, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. I only play one on the radio, and every once in a while, uh, back in my younger days. So, Islanders win over Tampa Bay 3-2. to And uh, you know what? Uh, We got a game seven in the NHL. I I can't believe the Islanders are still in this series. Uh, I don't know who's more... Who gets less respect, the Islanders or the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, that would have been a good little poll question. Uh, but we did post our poll question up there just to test how many people uh, buy into the Atlanta Hawks uh, up one zip. You know, who's going to win uh, the Eastern Conference Finals? I said, win the Atlanta's, uh, Atlanta Hawks win the series. Uh, Bucks win the series in five, which would mean they'd have to win four in a row. Win in six. Or the Bucs win in seven. So I got three scenarios for the Bucs to win, and I got just one for the Atlanta Hawks to win. Now, I just posted it not that long ago, 18 votes. So Atlanta right now doing a pretty good job getting uh, nearly 78% of the vote. Bucks still winning in six, though, coming in second at 11%, and then the other two getting 5%. So go to your opposite pick feed, uh, get your vote in, and we'll update that a couple of more times before we are through. Yesterday's poll question, uh, best chance of happening? And the winner was uh, Pistons screwing up the NBA draft. 
Man, that's where I would have gone. <laughs> Hawks reaching the NBA Finals, got 20%. Islanders reaching the Cup Finals, 15 And uh, the Clippers reaching the NBA Finals, 11%. Speaking of the Clips, they're in action later on tonight. Well, I tell you what, I am very surprised. I really am. It, you know, I'm pretty good at this stuff as far as guessing what the lines will be. And I would have said the Clippers, even though Chris Paul is supposed to play and Kawhi Leonard is not supposed to play, I still would have had the Clippers as a slight favorite. Not a lot, you know, maybe not three and a half, but I, I would have pegged them at like a two and a half point home favorite life on the line, right? You know, maybe three, although FanDuel doesn't like to give, uh, you know, whole numbers. They like to give that half a point. So I, I probably would have said two and a half, but I wouldn't have been shocked at three and a half. They're actually getting a point and a half on FanDuel tonight. Over-under is 221. Love the over on that one. Over-hit last night. Got a little lucky, but it hit. And uh, I, I can't believe the Clippers down two zip. Life on the line. Down two zip against Dallas. They win on the road. Down two zip against Utah. They win handily game three uh, at home. They're down two zip again. And Phoenix is going to be a road favorite. One and a half. Wow. But they are just begging you to take the Clippers. You know, this is one of those traditional spots, though. You know, you either use your brain or you use your brain even further. Your brain says Suns are going to win, right? I mean, they won the first two games without Chris Paul. Now they're getting Chris Paul back. Clippers aren't getting Kawhi Leonard back. So why wouldn't the Suns win now that they're getting, uh, you know, their best player or second best player back or third best player, depending on where you want to put them with eight in there, right? I mean, well, you know, use your brain. They, they won twice without him, then they should win again. But then if you use your brain even further, then you say, well, yeah, Clippers barely lost game one. Um, they should have won game two, if not for a crazy play with 0.9 seconds left. Now they're at home. Life's on the line. And they've been in the situation not once but twice before, and they were able to win. Why wouldn't they pull it off a third time? Yeah, Paul's coming back, but you know what? His replacement scored 29 points with no turnovers the last game. I mean, I can't expect him to play any better than that. So it's not like they should be that much better. So life on the line. Clippers have done it twice before. You use your brain even further and say, give me the Clippers. You want to give me the Clippers plus a point and a half? Why not? That's how I look at it as. Um, again, Phoenix, I mean, this series could easily. Game number one, it was a two-point game with 20 seconds left, and the, the Clippers were getting the ball. Uh, they, they had a chance to hit a three and win. Instead, they threw the ball away. And that turned into a four-point game. And then, uh, you know, Clippers uh, miss a shot, and then they foul. And all of a sudden, it's a six-point Suns win, and they cover. When in reality, breaks go their way, they win that game. And I told you last game, you know, 0.9 seconds left, and they can't hold on to a freaking lead. I mean, so uh, they could easily, easily be two-zip versus zero-two. So now you're going to give me a point and a half, boy. They are begging you to take the Clippers. I mean, they are absolutely begging you. I, I don't think the Suns are going to go up three zip tonight. I, I really, with or without Kawhi, with or without Chris Paul, not that this Suns team has, a, or not that this Clipper team has a lot of heart. They, they really haven't shown that before this postseason, but they have shown it this postseason when push comes to shove. So. I, I would, uh, if I was a betting man, as we all are, I, I would be on the Clipper side, despite 
knowing full well that they are begging you to take the Clippers. I, I Like I said, I'm very surprised at that line. Very surprised. We got a game six elimination game in the NHL tonight. Montreal at home. Well, yeah, the people just aren't buying into the Hawks, and they're not buying into the Montreal Canadiens. It's, it's amazing. Vegas down 3-2. Life on the line, minus 146 road favorites at Montreal. Canadiens team that is 10-2. and 10-2 and two their last 12 playoff games. Ripping through Toronto three straight. Ripping through Winnipeg four straight. And now taking a 3-2 series lead uh, here against the uh, Golden Knights. 10-2 uh, their last 12. And they're at home and they're still an underdog. And I don't know when people are going to buy in. I don't know when people are going to buy in sooner. Maybe maybe never with Montreal. You know, maybe, maybe they just, you know what, get to the end. Can you imagine that Montreal... Uh, New York Islanders NHL Finals. Ugh. Here in the United States, that may fly in Canada, but here in the United States, Canadian listeners, as I know we have a bunch, you talk about bad ratings. You talk about nobody. I mean, I mean, you know, you can live with Tampa and Vegas. That That's actually not too bad. Defending Cup champs, whether you like Vegas or not, they are what they are. Uh, whether you like Tampa or not, you know, they are what they are. They are the defending champs. You know, I know there's a lot of anti-Vegas sentiment because people think their fan base doesn't deserve a, a Stanley Cup championship so soon, uh, which I kind of buy into a, a little bit. But, you know, they are a good team. It is the West Coast versus the East Coast it would be. So you could certainly live with that. But Montreal and the New York Islanders, ooh, that would be a tough sell. That would be a tough, tough sell. Uh, you, you'd have to be uh, Cam... And Zig and uh, any other uh, hockey geek friend that I know rolled into one to, to make, uh, you know, appointment uh, TV watching for that. But that said, tonight, I think Montreal closes them out. I, I do. I think they close them out. We'll talk about it next in baseball checking as well. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. center field out toward the wall it is into the flower bed just over the small fence on opposite field home run for Bryce Harper on a breaking ball it's hit well to left see you later new pitcher new ball game Schwarber number 19 and the Nats have tied it and that one's out toward left field Schwarber's going back toward the wall are in front for the first time amazingly you're listening to opposite picks with scott wetzel on sports grid radio sirius xm channel 204 
Hey, yo, Nationals Radio Network with a call in the craziest game of the night. Although we had some wacky ones in baseball uh, last night. Nationals do win, as I told you, first time in Major League Baseball history that clubs had, uh, both teams had grand slams and three-run homers. You would have thought that would have occurred somewhere along the line. Uh, every once in a while, I'll read a stat, and I'm like, eh, i got to look into that a little bit more. But that's what they're saying. Nationals beat Philadelphia 13-12. to Bell and McCutcheon with the grand slams in a wild one. Philadelphia had a runner on the ninth inning, uh, but could not uh, win it. Maybe it was the first time in, in, uh, in a nine-inning game, perhaps. Uh, not sure. Uh, good uh, pitching matchup in San Francisco and the Angels. As you had Kevin Gossman on the hill for the Giants, he's been a godsend for them. Uh, Otani on the hill for the Angels who looked like they won in 12 when they had a runner score and uh, they were going to get a 3-2 win. But the umpire stepped in and said, no, we're going to go to review, which, okay, that that's fine. It is what it is. And uh, they come back and say, no, the run did not score. He was out. And I got to tell you, having no dog in the fight, if you're an Angel fan, and I am not, um, you got screwed. No two ways about it. You got screwed. There's no way you could tell definitively. You know, it's amazing. I've seen a thousand of these replays, and every single time I see one, it, it generally seems like there's a new rule. You know, the old rule would be it had to be absolutely conclusive. Then it was like, no, whatever rule you kind of think, almost like there was no call made on the field. And and now it's just whatever they suppose should be the call. I I, I don't know, uh, but it looked like the Angels had scored the winning run in the bottom of the twelfth. Um, it's one of those. It's tough baseball because you're kicking up dirt, and that's what I mean by when you look at that replay. The guy's sliding into home plate, and obviously dirt is being kicked up. You don't see when he touches home plate. You know, you have a general idea, but you have no. You really don't know. I mean, it's not even like, oh, yeah, you could assume he's touching home plate or you could assume he's not touching home plate. He, he's sliding. You don't see the corner of home plate, you know, the top left corner, which is obviously where it would be, down the third base line. And, um, you know, you, you just don't know when he touched it or, or, you know, one way or the other. So it seems to me you'd go back to what the original call was, which was he was safe, Angels win. Somehow or another – they determined that his leg didn't touch home plate. Again, I didn't see it. I know the four-letter network showed a picture of it, making it seem like he didn't touch home plate, but that's just the four-letter network kissing ass because, uh, again, you can't assume. Unless you can see the corner of home plate, how do you know if his foot is on the plate or not, right? I mean, and it, it's dumb. You know, if the if he's sliding and the foot happens to slide over the home plate, then that doesn't count. I think that's stupid as well. There, there ought to be listen, if you're gonna go to a scanner um to determine whether there's a ball or strike or not, then they ought to have one over home plate as well, determining whether the foot slides over the pace. Whether it touches it or not, then doesn't matter. You know, let it go over the home plate. Or make home plate, you know, I don't know who the bra- the, the, the the genius was that decided the home plate was not going to stand up. First base, you know, over the, the, uh, the ground. Second base, over the ground. Third base, over the ground. Home plate, in the ground. Why? I don't know. Uh, you know, what, you know, did they run out of bases, uh, you know, in, in uh, 1850 when they, they started baseball, right? I mean, do you ever think about that? You know, first base, you got a base that goes on top of the ground. 
second base on top of the ground, third base on top of the ground. So, you know, 150 years ago, did they run out of bases? And they said, here, just put a tin can over there. And that's where it just stuck. And then we're going to put it in the ground. But that's how it is. So, the guy, you know, how many times you've seen this happen? The guy is there, beats the throw, but he slides over the plate because it's in the ground. It, it's a dopey roll. So, anyway, Giants win. They score six runs in the 13th to blow it open. And they win uh, nine to three. Fathers over the Dodgers, five to three. Trevor Bauer gives up not one, not two, but three home runs for the first time in a couple of seasons. Didn't allow it at all last year. You want to tell me the spin rate or whatever goofy uh, phrase you want to use is is different now with uh, this uh, crackdown on uh, the sticky stuff? There you go. You know the dot. Trevor Bauer is turning quickly into. Um, you know, Jacob DeGrom, in that they don't win in his starts. And I tell you, this this, is, this marked the – I meant to bring this up yesterday. This marked the second straight start that I know of, at least two, where he's pitched and he supposedly, you know, is the best pitcher in baseball, $35 million a year, whatever he got this offseason, three years, 100-plus million, and he's been pick'em. I mean, and, and against, you know, Joe Musgrove. And no offense, I understand he's got a no-hitter, but it's still Joe Musgrove. You're giving me Trevor Bauer, best pitcher supposedly in baseball, against Joe Musgrove, and it's Pickham, and he loses. So he he wasn't, uh, you know, maybe I'm thinking of another, because the game before this was against Arizona. Maybe it was against Texas. Um, I, I know within the last couple of starts, he's been Pickham. And I say he's the Jacob DeGrom of the Dodgers in that they really don't win his starts that often as opposed to what you're laying. You're normally laying two to one, uh, except for these two games that I'm mentioning. But the Dodgers in his starts, which is the real stat you should be interested in if you're a better. Let's do it. One and one, two and two, three and three, three and four, three and five. Uh, five and five, six and six, six and seven, six and eight, six and nine. They're seven and nine. How much money? We, we keep track of the Dodgers. Uh, maybe we should have uh, kept separate track of the uh, of the Dodgers when uh, Bowers on the hill. They're only seven and nine. One and three is last four starts when he starts. He hasn't pitched, you know, awful. Uh, hasn't been lights lights out, but. You know, you bet him at, at monster odds two to one for the most part. Uh, you've gotten whacked this year. You've gotten whacked. You know, the Dodgers as a whole, boy, they are a streaky team. You know, we were going to update our baseball strategies, even though we're doing very well with them. And, and again, we, we cashed in yesterday. But one of the things I was going to consider was going on the Dodgers when they win and going against the Dodgers when they lose. If you've done, if you use that philosophy this year, you would have won a lot of money. They are a streaky team. They get swept for the first time by San Diego, and uh, you know four or five seasons. So, if you bet on the Dodgers every game this year, while you are forty-four and thirty, you're minus three hundred ninety-five bucks if you put a hundred dollars on them. If you bet on the Dodgers, you're plus two hundred five. But even though you're 14 games over 500 with the monster odds that they've been laying, they're, they're minus uh, 395. Although yesterday it was Pickham, so they had their streak of uh, being favorites broken this week, and now you've gotten two games in a row where, or two games uh, in this series where they were either you know Pickham or an underdog. 
So the odds are starting to come down. And again, one of them with Trevor Bauer. They're starting to come down here a little bit. Bauer has allowed three runs last night in the loss in six innings. Not horrible, but three home runs, solo shots. He allowed four runs against Texas in a 12-1 loss. That, that's a head-scratcher. Uh, he allowed three runs in a six-inning loss against the Atlanta Braves. Three runs before that in six innings. You know, it's, it's an ERA of four and a half. It doesn't sound that bad, three runs, but this is not three runs in nine innings. This is three runs in six innings. You know, that equate his ERA over the last five outings is, uh, you know, right around four, four and a half. It's not good. Not awful, awful. But I tell you, if you throw out the one game where he threw seven shutout innings against the Diamondbacks, then it is really bad. So at $35 million, it doesn't go as far as it used to, I guess, in baseball. But the, the Padres do win, bottom line, 5-3. to three, and They sweep that series. Boy, they, they've really beaten up on the Dodgers this year. Outside of L.A. taking two of three to begin the year in that opening series, it, it's been all San Diego since then. Dodgers still in second place. Uh, but they uh, are now four back of the Giants, who won yesterday. Four back. Padres are four and a half back. They they clearly broke it out of their little funk uh, that the the Padres were in uh, over the last two weeks. I think they were like three and thirteen. We pointed out. Uh, White Sox beat the Pirates yesterday afternoon four to three. They end their five game losing streak. Uh, Tigers beat up the Cardinals six to two. Boy, the Cardinals are slumping. How about that? They they get the, they lose two straight to the Detroit Tigers. They got six wins this month only. Six. The St. Louis Cardinals. They win first place, and boy, they can't hit their way out of a paper bag right now. Uh, Brewers do beat the Diamondbacks three to two, so they end up taking two and three in that series. Nothing special there. Giants, as I mentioned, beat the Angels nine to three. Rockies do win on the road. Beat the Mariners five to two. Only their sixth road win all season, six and twenty-eight now. Should have known that game was pick'em for some dopey reason. Astros obliterate the Astro, or, uh, the Astros obliterate the Orioles thirteen to nothing. Four home runs, they get their tenth straight win. Uh, Boo Birds at Camden Yards that didn't last too long. Uh, the Boo Birds were actually were there a long time. It started against the Astros because of the cheating scandal, and then it turned on their own club, <laughs> the Orioles. Orioles are absolutely atrocious. We'll get to their numbers here in a second. But uh, 13 zip, the Astros win. Stankies beat the Royals 6 to 5. Uh, tough one for Casey if you're a Casey backer there, as we are, as we go against the Yankees all the time. They're trailing 4 3 in the ninth. They get two runs off Chapman to take a 5 4 lead heading to the bottom of the ninth. And they give up two runs of their own, and the Stankies win six to five. Ah, oh, brother, that's a tough one. Ah, that really, mm. you know, if you're Kansas City, you had a chance to take the first two games of that series. That would have been huge after winning last night. Mets beat the Braves seven to three. No big deal there. Although the Mets are now twenty-two and nine at home. And the Braves, every time you think the Braves are going to get out of their little funk here, they just they, they continue to find ways to lose games. Devil Dogs beat our Red Sox 8-2, snapping their seven-game losing streak figures. Blue Jays 3-1 of the Marlins for their fourth straight win. Uh, Rangers get a rare win, 5-3 over the A's. As uh, Garcia extends his rookie home run lead to 20. Wow. Uh, Adoles Garcia. And then I tell you, the Padres uh, beat uh, the Dodgers 5-3. to three. So our streaks yesterday, you know, we've been following this stuff. Uh, here's how things turned out, baseball-wise. 
Uh, where I got to post it on my uh, notes here. Um, there you go. Arizona one and seventeen, make it one and eighteen. They lose to the Brewers three to two. Orioles had lost eleven of twelve. They lose to Houston, make it twelve of thirteen. Uh, Kansas City lost twelve of fifteen, make it thirteen of sixteen. They lose to the Stankies six to five. We'll check out the other ones. We have about three, four more left uh, when we come back. Quick little break. Opposite picks closing out hour number one. Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM Channel two hundred four. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Check out our poll question one more time here. Uh, Atlanta Hawks win game one last night, Eastern Conference Finals. How does the series end? Atlanta winning the series, getting 70% of the vote. Bucks winning it in 6-15. Bucks winning in 7-10. And uh, the Bucks winning it in 5, which would mean they'd have to win the next four, getting 5% of the vote. Go to your opposite picks feed on Twitter. Get your vote in, and we will update that uh, next hour. You have to finish up the uh, the baseball streak that we've been following. So Arizona's now 1-18 as they lose to the Brewers their last 19 games. Baltimore has lost now 12-13 of 13 as they lose 13-zip to Houston. Uh, Texas did beat Oakland 5-3, to so they had lost 19-23, so make that 19-24. Kansas City, as we mentioned, lost to the Stankies, so they have lost 13-16. of Pittsburgh loses to the White Sox, so they are now 2-12 their last 14 games. Uh, Dodgers didn't win, so we're not going to uh, go by the two runs or more. And then Colorado did win. How about that? They were 5-27 and on the road. Uh, they find a way to beat the Mariners uh, yesterday as they were uh, the Mariners riding a five-game losing streak or winning streak, but uh, not to be as the, they actually lose to the Colorado Rockies, who are now 6-27 and 27, uh, on the road. Uh, with 24 of those losses, oh, by the way, by two runs or more. Uh, our baseball plays yesterday went 3-1. and one. Not bad. Uh, we told you to take Houston in the afternoon again. Well, actually, that was a night game against Baltimore. Uh, that was a winner. Told you Milwaukee in the afternoon against Arizona. That was a winner. Told you the White Sox in the afternoon against Pittsburgh. That was a winner. Uh, we did grab Seattle getting odds against Colorado. And lo and behold, as crazy as that line was, it turns out that that was a loser. So 3-1 and one plus 200. We're now 88 up, 82 down, and more importantly, now $2,095 on the plus side if you're a $100 player. Two plays for today, Oakland and Toronto, minus 160 against Baltimore as you have to continue to go against the pathetic Orioles. All right, hour number two coming up. Opposite Picks, our six-club open parlay, and all our trends and everything else on Opposite Picks Sports Good Radio. 